All right, good morning. Here we are, the first Sunday of the new year. Anybody here, uh, do you, did you do, anybody do a resolution? Raise your hand if you did a resolution. No? Nobody? That's all right. <laughs> Whatever. Well, hey, I'm not a big, but you know, if you did do a resolution, just remember that God's grace and his mercy is new every day when you run out of willpower on uh, the resolution that you've set, that his strength is perfected, not in our strength, not in our abilities, not in our willpower, but in his power. So um, just a thought. Not that those are bad things. Those are great things. I think that it's, it's always good, that it's important that we have a vision, that we have a vision for our lives. Um, we need to leave some uh, room for God to operate in that vision, not feeling like, hey, I'm absolutely getting from A to Z necessarily in the course that I wanna get in, leaving room for God to do what he does because he often surprises us in life, but certainly have a vision and an idea. So we're gonna do a little something different today than what we generally do. We are gonna do this an annual kind of a thing. The first Sunday of the year, we wanna look back and we wanna look at what God has done for us in the last year. Um, we had a big year. Wow, there was a lot of stuff that went on this last year. It was, it was um, an interesting year in a lot of ways and a lot of, uh, a lot of different uh, spheres of church. It was a good year, I feel like, um, and we got a lot of good stuff done. Um, but we wanna look, I wanna talk first about this idea of church and what is it and there's no way you're going to be able to see that, is there? Um, but anyway, that's okay. I'm going to take us through it. You know, I think that sometimes we need to get rid of some of the ways that we even talk about it. Did anybody, you know, talk in your conversation this morning, did you say something like, um, we're going to church, or tomorrow we're going to go to church, or um, I'm headed up to church, uh, any of those kinds of things? We, we really need to kind of scrap that idea. Because actually, we don't come to church. We should say something more like this. We should say, I'm headed to the building where the church assembles. <laughs> because buildings aren't churches. People are, is, are the church. Remember, Jesus isn't coming back for denominations, and he's not coming back for buildings. He's coming back for his people. And the church is a global entity that's organized um, locally for, uh, to become the, the body of Christ, to, to move, to do the things that God is calling us to do, to be the people that God is calling us to be within our communities and within um, uh, the, the, the area and the sphere of influence that we have in our own lives. The Greek word is ecclesia, and, and, and it's, 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 it means out of an invitation. It means an invited guest. So each and every one of us, if you're a part of the church, and part of the church isn't being a member of the Rock Church. Part of the church is being in Christ, having said yes to that, that, that plan of salvation, receiving the gift of salvation that Jesus offers us freely in himself, believing that he spent his life so that he could um, offer it as a replacement for our lives, that he could extend his righteousness to us as he took our sin. If you've done that in your life, then you're in the church and you've had an invitation. God drew you into this relationship. God loved you so much that he was in pursuit of a relationship with you before you ever even considered him, before you ever even gave him two thoughts. God already had a love relationship in mind with each one of us. 
And so if you've entered into that, then you've entered into the church. You're part of the ecclesia. You've been invited. You are an invited guest. And our job as the church is to be extending that invitation out into the world around us. It's about everything that we do really is meant to have at its end kind of a missional trajectory. Romans 12, it's not a place that we go, but it is an organization that we participate in. See, I think that when we start to say things like, I'm going to church, we start to make the church something that's outside of us. We start to make church this place or this organization or this thing that's happening apart from you guys. You see, it can't happen apart from us. We are the church. And if we don't corporately move as a church body, then the things that God is calling us to do, I'm not gonna say they won't happen, but we won't have the privilege maybe of joining God in what he wants to do with us because we are his hands and feet. The church is the means by which God has chosen to affect change in the world around us. Romans 12, five says, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another. So we bring all of this diversity and we try to bring it into a unified place and we take all of the giftings of the church and, 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 and we understand that each one of us is different, each one of us has been created uniquely, each one of us brings different giftings and we offer those gift, giftings corporately back into this idea of being a part of one another and we, we pour into one another, we love on one another and then we go out and we do the things that God is calling us to do. Matthew 18, 20 says, where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. Sometimes we think of church as this, but any time that two of us or three of us gather together, the promise is that he is there with us. Now, there's also an implication to that. Now, your time alone with God is great. It's awesome. It's necessary. It's something that we do, but it is not really the bigger plan for how God is, has, God is never about isolation. The enemy is about isolation. God is about community. He is about the recognition of that we're all better when we're together. That if you're not here on a given Sunday or, or not actually functionally participating within the church, then we're less. We are less than what we could be and we're less than what God would have us to be. And so this really becomes this, 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 this living organism is really what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be something that is alive. We're supposed to be um, a body and that body moving. But it's not necessarily all of this. Anytime any of us get together in small groups, in discipleship types of relationships, in um, uh, some relationships uh, where we're just sitting down and, and visiting about, about the things of God and what God is doing in our lives, accountability relationships, whatever that looks like, the promise is that God is present in that. And so, so the idea of just kind of doing life and church alone really isn't God's plan. It, it, what it does is, is, is it limits us. It limits us. Again, we're always less than what we could be when we go at this alone. There are two principles that basically govern the people and the uh, function of the church, and that's this. It's love God and love people, right? Love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told us that is the fulfillment of the law. I've heard it said, I think Phil says it in a, in a way, but I've heard it said, Ben was talking about it the other day too, it's this idea that, that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, 
and then do what you want. It'll be fine. Because if you do the first thing, if we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then the thing that we want to do will be the very thing that's on the heart of God for us to do. We won't be out of step with God. We won't just be, it's not licensed to just go and do whatever. What it's saying is that if we love God with all of our being, the next most reasonable thing that'll happen in our lives is to have that uh, play out in our actions. So those are uh, govern the church, Luke 10, 26 through 28. He said uh, to them, what is written in the law, how does it read to you? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. He said to them, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. See, it's not an external law. It's not an external set of constraints that God has put us under. As a matter of fact, he's freed us from that in, in Jesus's uh, death on the cross. He, he fulfilled the law on our behalf that we might have a heart that has a desire to beat with his heart, that, that the very things that are on the heart of God are the very things that are on the heart of his people. And we do that really not just by coming to church and spending an hour on Sunday. That, that really doesn't do it. You know, that, that really isn't um, the idea of, of, of commitment. I mean, you know, if, whoa, if uh, Anna, if, if I said, look, Anna, I, I love you and I'm committed to you as your husband, but actually, you know, we're going to spend like an hour and a half together a week, you know. Don't really talk to me any other time other than that. Matter of fact, walk about 30 steps behind me so that nobody knows we're actually together right? Um, that wouldn't be much of a relationship. God is calling us into a deep relationship. So those are just some things uh, that, that, that we want to look at. And the idea is that we would be a people who would be invested in our own health, that we would be a people that would understand that we all come in here broken. We all come in here messed up. This isn't a place where people have got it together. This is actually just a hospital, and hopefully we're in that process of recognizing that, that, that we're broken, that we've got some struggles, but that God wants to show up in our lives. He wants to intervene in our lives, and he wants to begin to change some things fundamentally about that. If you look at this, Isaiah 61 is what Jesus read when he began his ministry. He stood up in the synagogue, and he rolled out the scroll of Isaiah, and he got to where, where this is at, and he read this, and this is indicative of what he's come to do. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion, giving them a garland of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting, so that they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Then they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up the former devastations and they will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. You see, there's a progression there. There's this idea that he's come to deliver good news. He's come to bind our brokenheartedness. He's come to help us in our mourning. He's come to release us from captivity, from imprisonment, and to set us free but so what? So that we might be a people that repair the ruined cities. Wow, what a picture. What an amazing thought 
Matthew 28, 19 says this. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. See, this is Jesus' parting shot to us, right? As he's leaving the last time, he gives us probably the thing that is closest and nearest and dearest to his heart, which is the Great Commission. Now, after having received all of this, now after having understood the gospel, after having received this healing, now you go. You go, and you go everywhere. You, you don't make distinctions among people. You don't, you don't do anything. You basically begin to be a concentric circle going out. The church is meant to be like, like, a, like if you threw a rock into the middle of a pond, and that's the center, but then those, those concentric circles just start going out from there. That's really how we're supposed to be. Acts 1.8 kind of lines this out, and Jesus kind of gives us this idea of what mission should look like. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So what does that look like? I mean, Jesus kind of lays out submissions for us. I think that that's telling us that as a church, we have to have a presence right here in Sheridan. We have to be effectively reaching out into our community. Not a church who's a holy huddle that's in here and just waiting for people to come in and offering. We're, we're supposed to be taking the church out. And when the church leaves here this morning, it'll be an empty building and the church will have went out into the world, out into the community, out into our Jerusalem, our town, and all Judea, the whole surrounding area, all of that. We're, we're not supposed to just necessarily have a presence here in Sheridan. We're supposed to have a presence, out, a presence outside of that. Samaria. Man, I can't think of a better Samaria for us than the reservations, to be honest with you. I think that that's an absolute picture right there of, 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 of how we should start to go out. And to me, our, our missions that we've been doing in Lame Deer and stuff like that, that so matches this model that we're supposed to have a presence there as well in Samaria and also to the remotest part of the earth. Kind of a cool picture. I don't know if any of you noticed that over there, but if you see, you, you might not be able to see it, but if you get a chance, look at it. Those red dots represent every point on earth that people within this church body have set foot in a missions trip. Isn't that cool? Sometimes we don't really recognize what God is doing or what he can do in and through us. But, but that, I mean, you can see where we need to go. So maybe when you get home this evening, you can order some tickets, get some tickets, get on cheaptickets.com or something. We'll fill in these black places, right? But that's quite a presence. That's practically every continent right there um, that, that people have, have stepped foot on uh, to proclaim and further the gospel right here from this church. What a cool thing. So I think that church, for us, it needs to look like inreach. We need to be growing. We need to be helping to facilitate growth within the church. We need to be um, actively participating in that idea of, of I'm gonna grow. I'm, I'm gonna grow up. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna learn, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna learn more about this. I'm gonna participate. I'm gonna be a part of the church. And I think that that looks like inreach. Part of the church, we're gonna get into that, part of the job of the church is, is in reach. It's also outreach. It's reaching out into our community. It's discipleship. It's those concentric circles that we talked about. So in reach, what have we done for in reach in the last year? We're gonna start now a review of what 2019 kind of looked like. So part of our in reach is small groups. Small groups are, are, are basically our primary platform for discipleship, for growing in relationship to one another as we grow in relationship to God. Um, 
it's just really consistent that, that we see that as we grow in commitment to our relationship to God, it usually comes through participation in these small groups. And some of these small groups take a variety of forms, but presently there are 10 small groups that are basically happening. Uh, we have Lift Group, which happens twice a year, generally October and February. And what those are is kind of a mini version of small groups. We get together, we eat some pizza, we hang out, and at 6.30 we all go to groups, and by 8 o'clock or so we're done. And we do that Wednesday. So if we have four Wednesdays, the Wednesdays of February will be Lift Group. So put that on your calendar. Men's Retreat. We have an annual men's retreat where we go up to Coffeen Park, we hang out, we eat good food, um, we, we do man stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> we had a Cloud Peak trip last year. We had a men's trip where we went backpacking. We, we, we backpacked in about seven miles. We set up camp, and then some of the guys went to the top of Cloud Peak. Um, some other guys went fishing in some uh, high mountain lakes. Uh, some other guys hung out at camp, but it was a great time. Uh, so that was something that we did this year. We had Rock the House. Awesome ladies event every year, great outreach into our community. It fulfills a lot of these things we're going to see are going to fulfill both in-reach and outreach. They both bless the church and they bless the community because we're inviting them. VBS is a great outreach that we do every year. It reaches out to kids into the community and it reaches out to families as well. And VBS is such an effective uh, opportunity to share the gospel with kids and the hope with families as well. We've done a, two leadership retreats now. We did our second one um, this last September. So we um, are trying to develop leadership. Um, our fall kickoff is always a great event. It's, it's, it's fun. We have a blast at that. The kids absolutely love fall kickoff because we have uh, bounce houses and all that fun stuff and food, and they just get like jacked up on snow cones and cotton candy, and it's, it's a wild event, right? And we also invite the community. We always advertise that and we invite the community to come as well. Outreach, what does outreach look like? It's looked like this. We did a concert in the park, right? I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that later, but we had Sidewalk Prophets come in and it was actually um, an amazing outreach. As a matter of fact, I can't remember a more effective outreach in Sheridan since probably Josh McDowell came um, way back when to the Golden Dome, if anybody remembers that, with Super Chick and all that stuff, um, that was probably, golly, what was that? Like, Callie was 12 years old because she, she went to Costa Rica after that. But anyway, um, it was, uh, we probably had over 2,000 people in the park. We just threw a party and we invited the community. And God really taught me a lot in the middle of that and I wanna share that in a minute. We did Screenagers, which was an outreach. Uh, if you remember, it was, uh, we showed it at the Sheridan Junior High and Screenagers is just talking about tech and some of the struggles that it brings. We're not saying it's the devil. We're saying that it has struggles with it. It has great opportunity, but with that great opportunity also comes some struggles that are unique to us. And what I love about this kind of outreach is that we, we, we really didn't go there and we didn't share the gospel. We just offered to the community and said, hey, look, we all have a kind of a common problem here, and, and this might have some help. This might be of help to you. I love that to where we're just coming beside people. We're showing them that we care. Trust me, I think that most people want to know how much you care before they know how much you know. Because once you know they know that you care, they'll be open much more to what you know. And Screenagers, I thought, was a great opportunity for outreach. I thought it was creative, and it was really uh, just a neat thing. Rock the House is always a great outreach. 300 people, I mean, I think you ladies have outgrown the venue, right? There were probably 300 ladies packed in here. Great outreach, effective outreach into the community. 
fall kickoff again because we invite the community. Third Thursday, we had a presence every third Thursday for the last two years downtown. It's just an opportunity for the church to be present. What do we do? We paint faces. We hand water out. We generally have uh, talked about the concerts that are coming up that we're promoting. Um, we give candy out. We talk to people. We have a presence there. and We just love on them. And, and it's, it's good outreach. It's good that we have to just be out there. We can't just always be in here. VBS, again, great outreach, always. VOA, we, all, we have a ministry to VOA where we outreach and we bring uh, folks from VOA uh, to church uh, weekly. We probably average 20 people, uh, both services, uh, you know, and that's just a great opportunity. It's just a great outreach. It's a blessing to have those guys here with us and to come and gals and come to worship with us. Christmas Eve service, man, Christmas Eve was packed, wasn't it? 300 people probably, I don't know. We were packed all the way to the back windows. It was a great service. It's a great outreach. We always reach out into the community with that. We give benevolence. We help people. Um, we help people who are struggling. We try to be helpful in what we do, but um, we, uh, we do do benevolence. We, we partnered with the Salvation Army this year, and we gave $3,000 to the Salvation Army to give out as part of their budget to help people in town who are struggling with uh, bills or, or, or whatever or meeting some unforeseen things. Bill McDonald generally kind of heads that up. And, and, and the great part about that and the reason that we partner with Salvation Army is they can do it better than we can. They're able to provide case management. They're able to deal with budgeting. They're able to plug people into other resources. What we end up kind of doing is just throwing money at problems, which isn't always helpful, right? So we partnered with them this year in our benevolence, and we did that. But we also still do benevolence out into the community. And what that looks like generally is like if, if there was relationally somebody comes to us and there's a relationship within the church or something, we're not going to send them to Salvation Army. We're going to probably help out with that as best we can or look into that or see if we can help with that. So we still do that um, if there's relationship within the church. If we just get the random phone call, hey, can you, do you guys pay help with MDU bills? We generally send them down to Salvation Army right now. Missions. So again, here, where's our mission scope? How are we doing? Um, locally, we're big supporters of Kids Life as a church. Uh, $5,000 a year. Um, is what we've been supporting Kids Life at. Um, it's what we supported them at this year. Um, there's also a number of our folks here who are active and participating and working and, and, and coming beside and working at Kids Life. Um, Sheridan Foster Parent Exchange, um, we, we support those to the tune of $2,400 a year. Um, and so that's Carla's ministry. And so we've been supportive in that. There are also several folks within the church that have been very active and help out with that ministry as well. Legacy, we help to underwrite. Generally, every year we help to underwrite their, um, their fundraising uh, banquet as well as um, generally participate in um, the Walk for Life, which for like the last three years we've been second. And um, you just got to pick that up, but whatever. Um, but we were second as far as fundraisers went. And Allison Wigglesworth, she was number one. She was the big fundraiser. Um, so we support Legacy. Um, and also, too, some ministry things, too. I've been doing a, um, a, a men's uh, authentic manhood study um, involved with Legacy on Thursday evenings. Salvation Army, I told you, we partner with those guys for $3,000 a year. Christmas this year, we, we, we put out about $1,500 to help families in need, to help enhance some, Christ, uh, some uh, Christmases this year. We were able to help multiple, multiple families this year with that. Lame deer, 
We've helped them uh, in, for the last uh, few years. We've been developing a relationship up there with Pastor Dean, the pastor of the Morning Star Baptist Church. Um, we uh, helped them to put a roof on their gymnasium. That was $6,000 last year. We didn't do all of that ourselves, but we did kind of uh, head that up and organize that, and other churches participated in it. And uh, so we helped them to do that. We went this spring, we took a crew, we went and helped mow a bunch of lawns and helped some elderly people with their yards and stuff early this year. Uh, we went and mowed for a missions team that was coming in, and we also went and met that missions team. Like to see this ministry expand. I'd really like to see us maybe join that missions team with a small team this next spring uh, for a VBS that they do um, down there in Lame Deer. Uh, Bibles, we gave out five cases of Bibles uh, throughout the course of the year. Two cases went to Bubbling Brook uh, Ministries in which they're giving them out at the jail. Uh, Carol Costello is heading that up, but we gave three other cases of Bibles away just here at the church and at Third Thursday and at the concert. Youth group giving. Um, last year we did Groundhog event thing, Groundhog Day dinner, um, and the youth group raised about $1,200, which they have been dispersing to various things. They're going to come next week. They're going to tell you more about that. Coffee cart. Uh, the coffee cart put about $2,000 last year out into missions. We were involved with Compassion, Keys for Kids, uh, op, uh, so what, let's see, what else do we do? Keys for Kids, uh, Compassion, Christmas, basically, is kind of what we looked like through the coffee cart last year. And again, presently, we're doing an FCA scholarship. Operation Christmas Child, we did about 230 boxes here. So 230 boxes going out around the world this next year. Um, Ukraine, we uh, support uh, Misha and Rosa uh, on a quarterly basis. Uh, we send them about $3,000 a year to Ukraine to help with their ministry over there. We've been supporting those guys for probably 12, 13, 13 years, maybe something like that, 12 years, roughly. Uh, Nepal, we, um, we organized and had Barney in um, this, this year. Um, he spoke here at the church on an evening. I think he raised about $2,500. Um, I know that a lot of that was going to go to plant a new church in Nepal. It takes about $1,000 to get a new church off the ground. So Barney was headed back to Nepal to start a new church and also to support some pastors, which costs about $500, $600 a year to support a pastor. So um, Nepal, we've, and, and there's a little bit of talk too about maybe trying to put together a missions team to actually go to Nepal a year from now. So that would be really exciting. Peru, uh, John Kreslock has put together uh, for the first time uh, an international missions team from the church. Now we've had a lot of people travel on a lot of international missions trips that we've supported in the past, but never really put a team together as a church. That's happening, this happening uh, begun now. This last year got started, and it will happen in 2020, so that's exciting. Um, this and that's. We got a printer. That might sound dumb. I know it does. But you can't believe the printer struggles we used to go through. And we bought this really good printer that actually allows us to print really nice stuff. As a matter of fact, between just two events, the concert and our Rock the House event, it'll actually pay for the printer, which isn't cheap. It costs us about $1,500 a year to keep the printer. But last year, we, the year before, we spent about $900 just for Rock the House in the print, at printing. So we're able to produce our own stuff, good posters, 11 by 17s, 
you know, the, the cards that went out for uh, the Christmas Eve service, different things like that, the bulletins, the bulletin inserts, all that happens so much better, and we have so much more latitude with what we can do. And the printer has already become kind of a source of missions because we're allowing Campus Crusades for Christ to come and print out their bulletins and different things like that that they're passing out and using at the local college. Last year, we paid $100,000 towards our mortgage, huh? So let's get that thing gone. There's $63,000 left to pay off this building. That's pretty cool, huh? $63,000 is what we owe, and then we are done. We own this building free and clear, and that will just allow us to put more money towards ministry and that kind of stuff. Anna has come on, and she's doing some staff hours at 10 to 15 hours a week, and she's just really a blessing. She's the one who's going to be doing all the bulletin stuff and the one who has and is, and she's worked really hard on something we're going to unroll here, too, in just a second. We hosted our annual Easter Seals uh, Christmas play, and, you know, that is, that just, you got to make that part of your Christmas routine every year. That is such a blessing. If you want to see joy, come to the Easter Seals Christmas uh, play next year. Uh, we added two new board members. Um, and, you know, hopefully that's a plus. Um, <laughs> no, really excited about that. And, and we had two guys that are going off that we want to um, honor if we could. Mitch and John, will you guys stand up? Those guys are officially off the board. You can see that there's no more sweat on their foreheads. Thanks, guys. Those guys were a real blessing, but they... They're still elders in the church, but they are no longer serving on the board. Um, our attendance and our giving have stayed roughly the same. You know, it's, it's done a little bit of this, but, but it's basically roughly the same. As a matter of fact, it's kind of funny. I looked at the, the, the giving and where we were at for a year as of last month, and we were $100 behind where we were the year before. So I guess we got to have that conversation. So um, we went, underwent a, a church assessment, which wasn't necessarily an easy thing, not an easy thing to invite somebody to come in and look underneath your hood and tell you what they think, but um, hopefully we're going to have some good things that come that are happening and will happen through that, and to be honest with you, I think we need to do it again in a few years, that we just need to be open to that and um, have somebody from the outside come and give us a look-see. Um, I guess I repeated that, didn't I? Some new things, eat up, catch up, and pray up. Um, that's, it's just an opportunity to get together, to eat, to talk about what's going on on a monthly basis at the church, um, to get some feedback, to hear what you're thinking, to answer questions, and to hear your ideas, too. So that happens the last Sunday of every month. Um, next Steps is kind of a, a pathway to assimilation, and um, we'll start our second Next Steps class uh, this next week. We've done some lunch groups that have been really good, um, I was kind of surprised. We just gave it a shot and said, hey, let's try to offer some groups at lunch and see who shows up. And they've been pretty well attended, actually. And so those lunch groups have been happening. Um, there's been a men's group that's happened, and we did a parenting group, Anna and I did. Um, both of those groups uh, seem to do pretty well. The Cloud Peak trip was a whole new thing, too, with the guys. So what's coming? What are we looking at? Um, we're looking to kind of start to capitalize on some of this stuff. Whether we like it or not, we live in an era of, of tech, and, and whether that, like, is... is fingernails on the chalkboard to you or not, um, we, we have to kind of meet the world. Our message doesn't stay, change ever, but the way that it's delivered and some of the tools that we have available to us do. So we're going to look to do some live streaming. 
actually. We're hoping to gear up and do live streaming um, and to have that on our Facebook page. That opens up the possibility of a lot of people actually tuning in and watching us that, that maybe before they come or maybe we'll minister to people that are never able to come. Maybe it helps us to minister to some people that are homebound. There's just a lot of different opportunities in that. We're gonna start to do some podcasts. You're gonna see that on the new app that we're about to roll out that there's the opportunity for, um, to do podcasts. And I'd like to see us do some podcasts that don't necessarily work for sermons kind of thing. Let's talk about things in the culture. Let's talk about marriages. Let's talk about technology. Let's talk about um, some of the issues that face us and let's have some podcasts. We're just gonna have some roundtable discussion and those will be put on our podcast page. Um, I think you're gonna see an increased board involvement compared to what we've seen maybe possibly historically. Um, just gonna see these guys um, just really uh, start to step up and take charge of some ministries within the church. Um, we're gonna continue to really develop leaders. That's what we need to do. We need to be about leadership development and empowerment. We need, to, we need to get people plugged into ministries and leadership positions and then empower them to do that discipleship. Jesus gave us the blueprints for growing the church. It's discipleship. We wanna get back to a real close discipleship model, I think. Women's ministry, we're having that meeting because I think that we just really need to talk about women's ministries and where we're at and what's going on with that. It's, um, uh, we're, we're a funny church, I think, right now. Our, our men's ministries is much more um, happening than our women's ministries, which probably happens at no church. Um, <laughs> so um, we need to talk about that. We need to do better. We need to say, what can we do? How can we be better in that area? Uh, but you're going to see we're going to be doing policy review and some new development on some of those kinds of things. We're going to utilize some software to help us to be more efficient as a church, to help us look like we're um, organized, whether we are or not, okay? So here's the cool thing. We've got the app. Now, we're going to roll the app out now. So as a church, we now have an app, okay? Who hates that idea? Anybody? That's okay. I get it. <laughs> That's okay. I'm gonna show you the app. So our app is now available. There's directions in the bulletin for it. But if you go to your app store, whether you have an Android device or an Apple device, will depend where you go, but you can now download our app right off of that. And what you'll do is you'll just go to that. And even if you wanna to go to it, go for it. Go to the app store, type in uh, Rock of the Bighorns, and then you're gonna, it's gonna pop up. Now this is really gonna allow us to start to... Um, Capitalize. I think this is going to help us in our communication. This is going to kind of, we're not going to leave anybody behind. We're still going to be doing all kinds of different communication because that's the world that we live in. But I do want to tell you that, that we are going to be utilizing this app to a really large degree for communication and stuff. So, should be popping up here. There we go. Let me head to the app here. This is basically what it looks like on, on the front page. Um, if you look in the bottom there, if you're able to see, there's a row of icons. So I'm trying to help anybody who's not very familiar. So those basically are how you kind of navigate it. Now from each of those pages, you can see that on the red, we're on the home page. And if we scroll up, we have a verse of the day that pops up. The last um, audio version that's on the web right now um, is, is that. But, but every week, the sermon, at least the audio version right now will come up. Right here is our YouTube channel, and, and there's a video from a sermon that we did a while back, kind of a little excerpt of that. So basically, if you look, each page that you're on, you're gonna be able to scroll up 
and scroll down. So if I go to the Connect page, so uh, there's the Rock Church of the Bighorns, which is going to take me then over here to where you can see there's a the place where you can click and, and access our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then it just gives a little description about us. It tells the service times. It gives uh, contact info. And there's also a connection card there where it says connect with us. If somebody hits that, they'll basically fill out a connection card which will then interface with some of our other software, which will set up workflows to where we send those people an email and welcome them and some fun stuff like that. There's an about page. So if you click on any of these, there's gonna, they're going to tell you, they're going to show you some things. So if you clicked on, then, then somebody's going to be able to look at, here's our vision and here's what to expect. I'm not going to go into all of this. Click on our small groups page right there. You see, I clicked on it. It's taken a minute. And then basically, that's just going to show you all of the um, all of the small groups that are available right here. Um, and it's kind of locked up here on mine. I'm going to click something here. What's that? You guys are, yeah. So let's see. Um, Let's, let's look at ladies' workout group and see if it pops up. So see there, it's going to give you a description. It tells you who to email. All you got to do is click on that. It's going to connect you right to email. You'll be able to email the leader of that group right there. It also gives directions for where it's at. And then at the bottom, too, there's kind of this you might also like kind of stuff that you can look at. So, so basically, there's our small groups page. If you look here, here's ministries, uh, maybe. We're just a little behind the curve here. Maybe a lot behind. Oh, there it is. I'm going to click on men's ministries. Look at those good-looking guys at the top of Cloud Peak right there. Um, and so anyway, basically, you can navigate this thing and, and, and find out and look and get connected into our ministries, into small groups. Here's an opportunity to serve. And so once you start to hit this, the, the, uh, this page, basically, it's going to show you opportunities to, uh, to serve and to get involved. And all you have to do is to click on one of those things and then you can email us and tell us that you have an interest in that. The events page basically is gonna talk about the, all the events that we do on kind of an annual base, basis. We've got the all church camp out and picnic and Christmas Eve service and, and these different things. It's gonna show us so you can just scroll and you can look at that. And, and if you kind of look at that, what you're gonna get is see, there's the concert that we had last year, and it's going to tell you a little bit about it, and it's going to give a description and some cool stuff like that. Um, so then we have a media page. So if we go to that, there's where you're going to find, like, the podcast. There's, there's a Bible online. The verse of the day is there. Say if somebody wants Right Now Media, all they got to do is go there, and then they can email and say, hey, I want send me Right Now Media, and then hit the other thing, and it'll take you right to the app store to get the app for Right Now Media. Um, here's the challenge. See the bottom thing right there? It's a one-year read-through-the-Bible plan. So I thought it'd be really cool to just challenge you guys. To, you, can, you can actually share that with other friends and get a group of you together. It's a chronological study. Um, it's a chron not a study. It's just a read-through-the-Bible plan. It's a chronological, so you're going to find that the Bible doesn't happen just like this, that there's a lot of contemporary stuff that's going on at the same time. But maybe find some folks, find some people, and, and challenge each other to read through the Bible in a year. Uh, the next thing is a giving, uh, is our giving. So this has an online giving page to it right here. 
um, and it's through this company, PushPay, and it's all secure giving. So um, let's see. Oops. So there it is. There's my page. So you can give one time, or you can set up reoccurring giving. It'll, it'll let you do it every week, every two weeks, every month, the first and the 15th. Um, if you go here to where it says tithes right there, if I click on that, that starts to open up at the bottom here a little wheel where I could say missions, or I could say other, or I could say Rock Java. And um, so these are just opportunities. If you look at the top left, if you end up there, that's how you get back to the thing. We have a calendar too. So the calendar right there um, is going to be basically in order of what's going on. And that is going to just show you what's happening next. What's the next thing for the week? And that should stay up to date. It draws right off of our calendar. And so in a nutshell, that's our app. And um, I'm really excited about this. It interfaces, again, with some other software that we have that's really going to help us a lot. So I want to encourage you, like, after you download your app, do your profile. Because when you do your profile, that feeds you into kind of our system. <laughs> That's scary, isn't it? Um, and we'll sell your stuff, and, um, and then it's, it's great. No, we won't do it. Don't be afraid. It, it's all good. Um, so anyway, that is that. So um, I'm going to stop mirroring here. I have just a few thoughts for us as for, for this stop mirroring. First one is this. I felt like as it's just prayed about the new year and stuff like that. The first thing that, that I thought of was just that came was just prayerful investment. As a matter of fact, we all know this to be a principle that's true, that if we don't invest, we can't have a, a, a return. Um, and, and, and so um, I think it's just it's just really important that we understand as a church that uh, that we have to invest. It says, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increasing the harvest of your righteousness. Um, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And, and, and basically, the, the, the principle is that if you, if, you, um, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. It's just the truth. You don't throw much seed, you don't get a very big garden, Right? And so as a church, I think that that's just something that we need to really think about is how can we invest, invest into the ministry so that we can be more effective in the community. Prayerful risk. Now, the, the, the whole concert, I want to just share with you really quick. I know I'm getting a little bit late. So the concert happened like this. Um, we, the year before, we brought in a band called Stars Go Dim, um, it all was fine, and it was kind of a much smaller version of what we did last year. Then this year, we're, we're thinking we're really cool, right? And so we're talking to the agent with Sidewalk Profits and stuff, and I think they wanted 16000 or something to, to come. And we were like, uh, I don't know. I said, I told uh, Jamie, I said, uh, what? throw out 13000 see what they say. They said, okay. So I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we start looking for a venue. Guess what? There's nothing. The Wild Theater is booked. The college is booked. There's no available. There's no available. We can't do it. I tell Jamie, tell him, no, we can't do it. 
Because I'm thinking, we got to sell tickets. Like, I know this thing is going to cost $20,000 minimum, right? Now, I know you guys might really like a good concert, but I'm pretty sure nobody wants me to commit and spend $20,000 on it. You know what I mean? So we call them. We say, nope, nope, can't do it. Can't find a venue. They're like, guys, we're, we're like, we're entered. Can you find a church or something? We're, I mean, we're planning. It's on our calendar. We're coming. We're like actually pretty obligated. I'm like, oh, Lord, no, okay. Lord, now what, right? So I go down to the, par- to the city, and I get the permit. I'm like, maybe the park. Let's just, but then I'm like, Lord, you know we can't sell tickets if we have it at Kendrick Park. How, how are you going to sell tickets? You can't. So I'm like, Lord, you've got to get me out of this one, you know. Um, but I think it was exactly what was supposed to happen. Now, I didn't really have enough faith for all that. I do now. God grew my faith through all of that thing because what ended up happening was that that concert cost $23,500 roughly to put on. Into this church from outside sources, $22,500 came in. Opened up a check one morning for $10,000 that somebody had sent who wanted to support and help out with the concert. And I was like, wow, God, you know, you had it happen exactly how you wanted it to happen. And you know what else God did? He just pushed me, right? Like, he's like, you, you need to, you got to take some risks here. Because we know that if we don't risk, I think that God is waiting for us to just risk it a little bit, to, to just be out there. You know, this year, this church will give away about $30,000. Why don't we shoot for 50 next year? Why don't we try to give away $50,000 next year? Wouldn't that be cool if we could just extend and extend ourselves and and get further out there for his kingdom and and, and give away $50,000? Oh, man, that stuff gets me really excited. And and, and so I have a fairly high tolerance for risk. Last year, I didn't actually have a $23,000 faith. Now, this year, I'm like, whatever. 23, that's nothing. Let's bring Crowder in, you know? Let's, 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 Let's do this up big. The only thing that I'm really thinking, and we'll be having a meeting here in the next couple weeks, all I want to do is if that's what God wants us to do, I'm believing that that's what we need to do. If that's not what we're supposed to do, that's what we need to know. But you know what? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and the earth and all that it contains, it's no big deal. And then prayerful creativity. That's the last word I have for us. You know, I love, I love the idea of how can we creatively reach out into the world around us? What can we do to just be outside of the box a little bit and show the world around us that we care? You know, I'm gonna tell you, it's an interesting thing, but we are about to see, if not already, Ben, we talked about this the other day, and Ben was like, I think we're already there, and pretty much probably the truth. The church is about to be seen as an immoral organization for probably the first time in American history. We've always been a source of morality the church is about to be seen as a place that is immoral. And, and, you know, when Jesus talked about the church and he talked about what it was, the function of the church, he, he said that, that the church basically, that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. That means that the church is supposed to be offensive. Gates are a defensive weapon. The church is supposed to be like a battering ram. It doesn't mean we go out there and we start fights. It means we go out there and we love on the world in a way that while at the same time they're trying to say we're immoral, 
we're causing incredible confusion into their minds as to how it is that we're so in love with the community around us and we're trying to help and love these folks. The church needs to be out there and be on the offensive about what we're about and what we're for. See, when we're on the defensive, it sets us back on our heels and all we do is we start to fight about and fight about what we're against. And we begin to proclaim to the world about what we're against and the church has done way too good a job of that. The church has got to be on the offensive. We've got to be out in the world. We've got to creatively be thinking about how we can engage the culture around us. So if you have ideas on that, I'd love to hear them. If you have thoughts on that, I mean, that's what it's going to take. Things like creativity, like, like Hannah drew these things up here. I love that. That's art. I think as Christians, we need to start taking back some of these fears that are just, that are kind of so secular. We serve a God who is the God of creativity. He has given us a creative spirit. He's given us a creative uh, flavor. And I think that we need to invest that back into the kingdom. So I think that we need to be thinking about investing. I think that we need to be risk takers, stepping out in faith, believing that God is just waiting to amaze us with what he does and how he shows up. And we need to be creative in how we do that. Let's pray and then we're gonna do communion. Okay, Lord, so we just thank you for all that you've done, just how you much you've accomplished through us, and even though we fall short, you're so good, and you use us anyway, and uh, you, you meet us in, in these places, and you, you show us. I just pray over the new year, Lord, that you would amaze us with, with who you are and what you want to do through us, how you want to engage us, and how you want us to, to just be creative, to be risk takers, to, to step out in faith, believing that you'll show up and you'll do something amazing. Help us to invest, Lord, into your kingdom. Uh, to seek your kingdom first and, and allow you to add all things to underneath that. We just want to invest in what you have. We want to be about who you are. We want to love on this community, Lord, in a way that, again, just, that just shows the world that we absolutely care and we love about them. That they're not just projects out there to us, but that they're people and that, that we, we care about them. They're people created in your image. And so, Lord, um, help us to truly be the church. Help us not to just come to church. Help us to recognize that we are the church. And that as we go out of those doors here today, that you have plans and purposes for each person here. You have opportunities for us to share hope, to share life and light to others. May it be in Jesus' name.